Morning. We have a short video, one and a half minutes, that the conference wants us to show about the Advocate, which is the paper that comes out monthly that you can um, subscribe to that tells about what's going on in the church around the annual conference in South Carolina. And I think we have some free copies of that that came in the late, latest issue. Are they are they back there in somewhere? Does anybody know? There. They're on that. They're in the thing outside the door. So uh, if you want to pick one up uh, after this uh, short video, before we, we will watch this video and and uh, then we'll begin our worship together. But I have one quick announcement: Vacation Bible School registration is online at GreerChurch.com, and it's uh, Camp Camp Discovery, and it starts Sunday, June the seventh at six p.m., which also happens to be when the annual conference starts. So I won't be here for the opening of. But uh, sign up today at GreerChurch.com, Vacation Bible School. And today is a library day, so when when uh, when the appropriate time comes, watch for Miss Beth and, and and them as they go to uh, take you to library day. All right, let's let's look at this real this quick video on the Advocate. Hey James. Hey Tracy. I'm really looking forward to seeing you at Bible study today. Great, but man, Tracy, I've been busy with this hunger relief mission and this mission trip that I'm saving up for next fall. Hunger relief mission? Hmm. You know, my husband and I have really been thinking about doing something like that. Do you know how I could find out more? Actually, there's an article in this month's advocate about it. I believe I have a copy with me. Oh, here it is. Oh, this is perfect. Thanks, Jake. Welcome, Tracy. Hey, Mr. Harris, how you doing? Not too bad. How about you? I'm good. I wish this arthritis would stop acting up. By the way, are you still involved with that uh, tutoring program down at the elementary school with the low-income kids? Yes, sir, I am. You know, I was thinking about getting involved with something like that myself. Uh, I need to find out how to link up with a ministry like that. You know they had an article in this month's advocate about it. Actually, I just had it on my phone. Here it is, right here. Oh, I didn't know I could get the advocate on my phone. I'm going to look into that. Thanks. You're welcome, Mr. Harris. Hey, Brittany. Hey, James. How are you? I'm good. I saw your photo, and congratulations on winning the United Methodist Basketball Championship. How did you know all of that? You know the advocate, the United Methodist newspaper? Oh, the paper? The United Methodist newspaper? Sorry. Here's a copy of it right here. Oh, wow. That's really cool. You should try to subscribe to it. I'll definitely check that out. Would you stand and worship with us?
the Son of God. I believe you died and rose again. I believe you paid for us all. And I believe you are here now. Standing in our midst. Here with the power to heal God, we are so blessed to come together this morning in your name to worship you and praise you. We ask that you bring us together as a family, help us to uphold each other and support each other and spread your love among each other. Help us to focus our hearts and our minds now on you as we worship your name. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen.
turn and greet your neighbor and children come forward for the children's sermon. ask you a couple of questions because I, I bet you all know the answers. What do you think of when you see somebody do this? Praying. Well, when you see a picture like this. What do you think of? Praying. Praying. How many of you pray? Good. Well, here's a hard question. How often should we pray? Uh, every, every, day. Day. every day. Every day? Every time Three times a day? All the time. All the time. Anytime you need to, right? Okay, well, the Bible doesn't tell us when to pray, but it tells us that Jesus prayed, and the Bible tells us how to pray. One day, the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. So he taught them the Lord's Prayer. Who knows the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven. Yeah. Well, we're going to say that in just a few minutes, okay? Um, well, Jesus also prayed the night before he was crucified. But he prayed for his disciples. One of the things he prayed for was for the disciples. He prayed that they would remember all the things that he taught them while he was here on the earth and that they would continue to be strong in their faith because he wouldn't be there to lead them. So he wanted them to remember all the things that he taught them and stay faithful to God. He also prayed not just for the disciples, but for everyone who would believe in him all the way from the past to now. So who do you think that includes? Us. Us. You and me and everybody here, right? So we can pray anytime, day or night, riding in the car, sitting in your desk at school, playing on the playground. There's not a particular time that you have to pray. So I want you guys to remember from now on that you don't have to pray just for the blessing or before you go to bed. You can pray. You can, you can pray because you want to ask God to help you with something. You can ask Him for forgiveness. Or you can just tell Him you're thankful for the beautiful day, for your family, for your pets. You can pray for anything, right? And you can pray anytime. So, anytime you want to pray and you can't think exactly how to start or what to say, you can always say what? Lord's Prayer, right? So we're going to say that together right now, and we'd like for everybody to help us, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, Kevin has something for you. It's a picture of Jesus praying in the garden. Let's take this opportunity to pray. Let's bow our heads. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh Lord, you you are you reign over us, and uh, there is no people who could stand and equal to your majesty. And so we come humbly before you to offer our praise and our petitions, our thanksgiving, and our confessions. And so we must first confess this day that even though we've heard the promises, that we would not be left alone, yet we so often act as if we believe that we must depend on ourselves. Time and again we seek to follow our own ways and fail to hear your sustaining word. We know that Jesus has ascended to sit at your right hand and to be the head of your church. But we often allow divisions in the body of Christ. Lord, when we do this, we dishonor you. And this in so many ways this week, oh Lord, we've came up short. But we pray this day that in your abundant mercy, you'd forgive us our transgressions and restore us once again that we might praise you. And that by the gift of your Holy Spirit, you might open to us afresh the words of Scripture that we might be strengthened in our faith and given a mind to share the good news of Jesus to the rest of the world. We're also reminded this day that you and you alone can subdue the hurt, the pain, disease that your children suffer. So we pray this day, Lord, that you receive into your care those who struggle this day with brokenness of body or mind or spirit. And we pray this day especially for those on our prayer list. And we pray in particular for Steve, his mom Becky, who is fighting cancer. And for the Stapletons, whose son passed away. For those who suffer with depression. We pray for Don, who's recovering from outpatient surgery. Lord, we pray for all these. And we pray for those are close in our hearts now. Lord, receive in your care all that struggle this day with body, mind, or spirit and give them a measure of your peace. Help us this Ascension Sunday not to stand and look into heaven for Jesus' return, but rather to work for the fulfillment of his promises here on earth until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. 
Hear us, for we pray in the name of that same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today is Ascension Sunday. That means the next Sunday is Pentecost, and the uh, colors go to red. And if you remember, Ascension Sunday is the, the Sunday that's recognized that Jesus, the risen Christ, uh, after walking and being witnessed by many, ascended into heaven to return one day. Today is also our Confirmation Sunday in 11 o'clock service. And so I thought I'd talk about covenants a little bit. And so our scripture reading is from one of the, about one of the covenant, covenants that God has made with us. It is found in Genesis chapter 9, verse 8. I give attention now to the reading of God's Word. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. And never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. And whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. And so God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, give us wisdom this day to understand the role of covenants in our life and help us as we go on our journey and your journey together. We pray in your name. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you something you won't believe. But when I was in elementary school, I was a little runt. Just a little guy. And I often had trouble with bullies. And I remember one incident in particular when I was thankful to have someone more powerful than myself to call upon for help. You see, in those days, my dad often came by and picked me up from school. And I remember warning this particular boy that if he kept messing with me, I was going to turn my dad loose on him. Well, of course, he mocked that. But then I told him that my dad was a cold-blooded killer who could easily take care of him. And when my dad arrived, 
The kid looked at my dad and took off, even though my dad had not said a word. Now, the reason was this. My dad had been in the armed forces in World War II, and on his forearm was a tattoo of a skull and crossbones. And when he come walking in and that skull and crossbones was seen by that bully, well, I didn't have any more problems with that kid the rest of that year. You see, what the, the little bully didn't know, though, was this. My dad was and is a very loving and kind man. Uh, gentle as a lamb, a man that was committed to dealing with people in fair and peaceful ways. But from the bully's point of view, my dad was powerful enough to protect me from all enemies. And since we were related in a covenant relationship of father and son, the fight was over before it started, and our side had won. And you see, my friends, this is the way it is with our Heavenly Father. Because we are in a covenant with God. And because we're in this covenant with God, we don't have to worry about the bullies of the world. Our understanding of our journey in life is caught up in our understanding of God's journey. And one of the ways that God journeys with us is through covenants. As you just heard me read, the rainbow reminds us in a special way about a covenant that God made with us. God was making a commitment to His creatures to protect them, not only from their enemies, but I think this is important to note, but even from God Himself. The covenant sought to deal with humanity and humanity's sin in a new and different way. By limiting His actions, God obligated Himself to work with us, to relate to us, to accommodate us. And in so doing, God revealed His true nature, which is grace, mercy, and love. By setting the sign of the rainbow in the sky, God expressed His desire to seek reconciliation with His creation. And it is a sign of His everlasting mercy towards us rebellious and stubborn people. Now God has used covenants throughout His walk with us. And one of the other major covenants that we were just talking about in the last few weeks is the gift of the law. Uh, the gift of the law guides us in correct living. One of the things that I noticed when I took a trip to the Holy Land, and, I, and the McQuaids brought me one back from their recent trip, is there was a little box that was on every doorpost. Uh, it was in, your, in the homes, it was in the businesses, it was in the motel rooms. And in it contains, can't contain a copy of the law. This covenant of the law given to Moses, though relied on human performance, and because of that, he was unable to produce righteousness. Because of our sinful nature, humankind could not live up to the demands of the law. Now that doesn't mean that this covenant that God made with Moses and us was an error. It simply means that the covenant of the law brings us to a quick realization that we need a Savior. God does not desire a death of those whom the law convicts. Indeed, God desires we return to Him with our hearts. But God found it necessary to fulfill His own character grace by offering His creation a new covenant, one that supersedes all these covenants. And this new covenant uh, is king to us in the birth of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 31 talks about this new covenant that's going to happen. It was written 600 years before Christ's birth. And it talks about a law written in people's minds and hearts. 
That, my friends, is a whole lot better than a copy on a doorpost uh, that most people ignore. When we're signed and sealed and in God's new covenant through Christ, which the signs are baptism and confirmation, the signs are the sacrament of communion, we act in faith and we're assured by God's own word that God will remember our sins no more. God has sealed for all time this covenant with us in a sacrifice of His blood, most precious. So it's important for us to think about our covenant relationship with our Creator and how He journeyed with us uh, from the moment of creation to even now. God has journeyed with us and reestablished, reaffirmed, and brought forth covenant after covenant and in the new covenant. That, to me, is a good way to think about how much God, the Creator, loves and cares for His creation. It's important just to remember a simple thing, and that is this. Those who confess that Jesus is Lord, those who believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, they are journeying in faith, and they can have assurance. They can have assurance that just as Jesus Christ died and lived again, they can endure and triumph over the suffering in the course of their earthly lives. Every one of us suffer in the course of our earthly life. But this assurance of new life is given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ in this new and final covenant. Jesus knows us in an intimate way. And, and Jesus uses all the things that we go through in life, our moments of trial, to strengthen us to refine us, to direct us, to motivate us. And it's all done within His good and perfect will. My friends, this covenant of love requires the covenant of faith. And the covenant of faith can only be effective in the covenant of love. And so we hold then to this promise of God and hope. Hope that will fully manifest itself in that day when we stand before our Lord Jesus Christ. That day when the Lord Himself will wipe away every tear from our eye. And so I think that I can always boldly say, and, and you can too as a Christian believer, and you can not only boldly say it, but you can say it without hesitation. God's love will triumph. No matter what you see, God's love will triumph. And because of this blessed assurance, you know, we can do more than just reflect on God's journey with us. During this whole, uh, during the Lenten season when we journeyed across and during this uh, time of the Easter season, and then, of course, we'll be after Pentecost and Trinity Sunday, we just move into what's called ordinary kingdom time, which is uh, uh, the time that we, we're actually in now. It's called ordinary kingdom time. As we wait, as we wait in the expectation for the return of our Lord. But we can do more than just reflect on these things. We can actually celebrate these things. We can celebrate uh, each one of these things. We can celebrate our journey with Christ from death to life. 
We, we can celebrate a Lord who has preserved these words of promise and scripture to which we hold fast. We, we can celebrate the presence of the church that's continuous, unbroken, down through the ages. We can celebrate the sacraments of baptism and confirmation and, and communion. All things that illustrate God's faithful living presence. And we can celebrate because even if all humanity forgets the covenant signs, we know that God will always remember. So we can celebrate that no matter, even if we forget, God will remember. And yes, we can celebrate because no matter what storm clouds might gather at periods of time in your life, we know that God's love will break through. And so therefore, we are to be reminded of these covenants. And we are to be reminded that we too are on a pilgrimage. And it's a walk that intersects for God and man at the foot of the cross. And it's important that just as each of us must live and die for ourselves, so, so we must believe for ourselves. And we must make the journey for ourselves. <clears throat> I hope when you have times of reflection that you let God bind you. That you let God bind you to the power of the birth and incarnation of Christ, His cross of death, His bursting from the tomb, His rising up to heaven, and His return, which will surely come. I hope that you will let God bind you closely and deeply in your spirits. I pray for each one of you daily and will continue to pray for you. And I pray that you will always remember the covenants and especially the covenant of love that God has expressed to you in the life of Christ Jesus. That is my prayer this day and in the days ahead. Next Sunday at 11 o'clock, we will celebrate the final communion in the 11 o'clock service. On June the 7th, we will, we will celebrate our final communion here at the 9 o'clock service. June the 14th is my last Sunday to preach. June the 21st, Reverend Lee will be here to do a, 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 uh, to take care of the service. And then on June the 28th, Reverend Joe Kate will be here to, and to be welcomed by you as your new senior pastor. Reverend Kate has already uh, uh, moved into the parsonage, so you know that. So you can call <laughs> the parsonage number has stayed the same. Uh, if you want to call and welcome him, uh, I know there will be an appropriate time of welcoming for him uh, after his first Sunday. I look forward to my days that I'll be able to sit in the congregation of a church, probably it'll be Advent or uh, First Simsville, we haven't decided yet, and uh, worship, just as you do. And I appreciate very much the time uh, that you have suffered through my sermons and my leadership. Let us stand now and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. 
We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings. Glorious, 
and sing with us. Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen.